And this is our last lesson as we take a look at portfolio return and portfolio risk. So we're looking at more than one security now. And we're looking at page 45 of your notes. So to figure out what the return of a portfolio is, we have to consider the weighting of each stock in the portfolio. The more a larger percentage of stock is, the larger uh, of an impact it's going to have on the portfolio. So we'll take an example here where my portfolio is 20% Apple and 20% Google, or 80% Google. So obviously I have much more Google in my portfolio than I do Apple. If we wanted to figure out the return last year, for the portfolio, the return for Apple, if we saw that it was 76%, and the return for Google, if we saw that it was 21%, then our overall return is going to be somewhere in between 76 and 21. Obviously, it's not going to be 76 total because that was only 20% of our portfolio but it's not going to be as low as 21% because Google was only 80%. So our overall portfolio return is going to represent a weighted average. And here's how we solve for that weighted average. We take a look at the 70% return and recognize that that represented 20% of the portfolio. And we give it a 20% weighting. We then give a 80% weighting to the 21% return from Google, and of course this from Apple. And we come out with a total return that is somewhere in between the return of both of the stocks that we have in this portfolio. And so we get a total return somewhere around 32% the same. You would think that with, uh, within a portfolio, when we're looking at its risk, that it is somewhere between the most risky security and the least risky. And that when we measure the overall risk of the portfolio, it would be somewhere in here. This, however, is most definitely not the case because of the nature of risk. So the best way of doing this is going through the example that we have. So we're going to take a look at this example here on page 46 of our notes. So we've got a good economy and a bad economy. Those are states of the world. And they kind of are uncertain because we don't know which one's going to happen. Stock one, a good economy, we know it returns 10%, and a bad economy, negative five. And so the range of returns that we could get is about 15%. And of course, as we know, the larger that that range is, the uh, greater the risk we have. Stock number two, we're going to make this a defensive stock, meaning 
that it performs worse in a good economy than in a bad one. We get a better performance in a bad one. And its range of returns is around 14% variance. So, so of course, that's not variance in the true statistical sense. Our portfolio, we're going to compose 50% of stock 1, 50% of stock 2. So the portfolio return... it's going to be a weighted average of these two. So our portfolio return will be composed of 50% of the return we get from stock one, 50% of the return we get from stock two, and our portfolio return in a good economy is going to be 6%. In a bad economy though, again, it's going to have half the weight of each, And in a bad economy, it's going to give us a return of 5.5%. Notice that the range here is only half a percent. Not only is our portfolio return less risky than the most risky stock, by combining these stocks, it's less risky than the least risky stock. We know as modern portfolio theory, which suggests that we can get rid of risk through diversification. We can even use random diversification. And we can use random diversification, which suggests the random part suggests that we can pick any stock. And in doing so, we eliminate non-systematic risk. So we try to find securities that are uncorrelated. And in doing so, we get rid of risk. Now, most of the risk will actually have disappeared after 19 or so stocks. Most of the non-systematic risk. And we have diminishing marginal returns on the amount of risk diminishing marginal returns on the amount of risk we reduce with subsequent uh, additions to the portfolio.